generation dwells here. And then we moving by the pack, so we moving them. And even if you don't, then you do, cause you cool with them. They be like, I only went to school with them. Welcome to Color Correction, a GZZ podcast about race and faith from the perspective of a black girl, an Asian guy, and a white guy too. My name is Andrew. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Asian. And I'm Bethany. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm a black woman. And I'm Chris. I use he, him pronouns. I am still white. <laughs> so um, so right now, we're, uh, the election was uh, a little over a week ago, about... Yeah, like a week and a half ago at this point when we're recording this. And uh, Joe Biden is president-elect. Woo! Mm. And, um, yeah, with those reactions, yeah. And um, Donald Trump lost, uh, but is apparent, but is still trying to do something mm-hmm. really slowly, really badly, mm-hmm. but trying something. So we're in this weird in-between space that the country has never been in, uh, which is fun. But I guess last week was kind of a fun week because we're used to uh, knowing the night of just because that's the way we normally things normally happened. Uh, do you guys remember in two? Where were you guys in two thousand eight when Obama was elected? I know exactly where I was. It yeah. was the first time I ever voted. Mm-hmm. My best friend and I drove to you. We went to Dell State. Our other friend went to UD, so mm-hmm. we went from campus, or no, we went from our hometown because we had the day off, drove to UD, grabbed Deb, and then we went to our individual polling places. Um, and then I was living off campus at the time, um, but Janelle went back to campus. And I remember when he was announced president, I called her, and that year, that was the year that um, young Jeezy had this song my president is black my Lambo's Mm -hmm. blue so I called her and I could hear where she was like people were (laughs) blasting that Uh because it was our black college campus right so all these black people just all these young black kids were so excited so you could hear everybody playing um, young Jeezy's my president is black and mm. everybody on campus was in the middle of um, the village's like little courtyard area screaming and uh-huh. she did, She answered the phone but she didn't say anything to me and then just maybe like 30 seconds later she just hung up uh-huh. <laughs> so I remember like from beginning to end voting for Obama in 08 yeah I remember that night too I was on Temple campus and people were just like partying outside you know, mm-hmm. that was a good year. It was like the year the Phillies won the World Series. Yes. Right. And it was just and then oh Obama gets elected. So mm-hmm. it was just like nonstop parties all the time. Everything was great. 2008. Good. Pretty decent. Pretty good year. <laughs> it was a pretty good, good year. That's for the, compared to this one. Um, but I guess the funny thing is, like, compared to 2008, uh, like 2020, the election i I don't want to say it was more subdued, but it but it was there was the morning after on the 5th came around and we still didn't really have a good sense of what was happening no um and i i had gone to legal observe at the convention center because you know trumpers were gathering there Mm -hmm. uh and the trump sicked trumpers on us yeah and the convention center is where the votes were being right yeah right so that's where the votes are being counted in philly Uh, but it's true that um there was like a, a a call to arms for for um 
right wing people to show up and protest at the convention center. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was kind of a prep, a counter protest that, that appeared. And then a DJ showed up. Yes. And then the police like separated the two crowds. And then as the night continued, it be- just slowly became more and more of a block party. And before you know it, like I'm standing next to Helen, Gim- Councilwoman Helen Gim, who is checking her texts in front of two dancing post boxes and a got and a dude dressed as the White House, and meanwhile everybody in the background is like dancing. And mm-hmm. this is like my impression of things. By Friday, am I wrong here? Was that when the mood kind of shifted for for you guys? It like felt a lot more certain by Friday. It did. I would say so. I mean, Fridays. Fridays when I finally got down to like that. There was still a dance party at the convention center right. on Friday. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it, it felt more. It felt more certain. Well, I mean, Friday is Friday or, or Saturday morning is when um, um, it was announced by by news media that mm-hmm. Biden had won. Right, 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 right. Yeah, by Saturday in the morning, it was like everybody had kind of agreed. Yeah. I hope I hope we're getting the timeline right because it was literally only a week ago, and we're talking like it was history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it is that is the timeline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was like it was like late mm-hmm. or early Saturday morning that here in Pennsylvania, um, the count for Biden hit that hit that breaking point where it didn't it no longer mattered how many votes Trump would get. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know on Saturday people were in the streets. I I took I took yeah. the weekend, like I took it easy because I was like I need I need to take a break. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there were all those pictures and stuff. It was pretty crazy. Also. Um, Saturday, also, what I love about Philly is that it's like Philly act, is acting like it just single-handedly won the election for the universe. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, we will We will take credit for that. Uh, I mean... But we kind of did. I mean... Because, like, yeah. it wasn't very many other counties mm-hmm. that voted for Biden. Mm-hmm. Most of the rest of Pennsylvania was red. Yeah, you I know, feel like it was two Philly or three other counties. Yeah. yeah, and Harrisburg. For oh, sure. Harrisburg too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that those initial feelings on waking up on Thursday and being like, "Oh, so much of the country," or just seeing the numbers come in on Wednesday night and being like, "So much of the country voted for is Trump." Pa- voted for Trump and is painted yeah. red, and it. So and we'll so we'll deal with our feelings about that. I think as we listen to as we get into the meat of the episode when we're gonna listen to some conversations that chris and i had uh with family members chris you talked to your cousin and i talked to my mom uh and honestly i was i was kind of surprised by by the the way that that conversation turned out i think you guys will see what i mean when you when you listen to it Uh did Um, lily vote for trump well that's just uh, stay on and find out oh Oh, god yeah before we do that, we should go into the way we normally start the episodes. Um, we normally start the episodes by wanting to talk about some, like, uh, by, we normally start the episodes by talking about things we wish we had mentioned or want to correct from previous episodes. Do you guys have anything? I actually can't think of anything. Okay. Um, no, I don't. Because I went so hard for Revelation last time, and I was like, Jesus is King of Kings, and that's well, what matters in the end. I, I do want to address this kind of tweet that was making the rounds um, from uh, a, a guy called Jamie Plunkett at Frog Preacher, where he says, As a pastor, I want to encourage folks to avoid toxic theology today and every day. 
no matter what happens, Jesus is king, is a form of faith that invalidates the lived experiences of faithful people all over the country who have been harmed by this administration. Um, and you know what? He's not wrong. Because there are times when, like, hearing, like, somebody tell you that, like, Jesus is, is king or, like, God is in control when you're, like, feeling real feelings is not fucking helpful. So, I can, I can totally relate to that, that, the, that idea that, like, hearing that Jesus is king is not always helpful. I can say that for myself. Like, what I was saying is that it comforts me to acknowledge that Jesus is king. And also for me, like, Jesus is king is a fundamentally political statement. Like when yes, I say, it is. yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I say that Jesus is king, I'm talking about a brown man that was killed by the state in front of his mother, that was lynched in an extrajudicial killing. Like what? When I say that Jesus is king, I mean something very specific. And to the extent that, like, the Jesus that I worship might not even be the Jesus that that you, that somebody else worships. Mm-hmm. The, the difference between the Jesus is, is so vast. Uh, if you're talking about your white Texas Jesus who believes in putting kids in cages mm-hmm. and the free market. Like that's, that's a different God. That's Moloch. That's Mammon. That's somebody else, but it's not Jesus. I also think that statement is super revolutionary because proclaiming that anybody but the King was King back then was like a really treasonous thing to say. So mm-hmm. I feel like that statement is an assertion against the oppressor and i feel like oftentimes white people use it as to like dismiss the the oppressor or Mm -hmm. to ignore the oppressor and i think Mm -hmm. that statement is actually inherently a dig at the oppressor like i think Mm -hmm. it it applies to the oppressed way more than it does um those in power yeah yeah for sure do you think it um, it's cheesy to say Jesus is my president? Is that is that different for you? <laughs> it, it is it, a little cheesy. That's why little, I think you but sent I'm just me like, the flowers. <laughs> Here's but like we don't have kings. Yeah, I, I don't always like I don't always connect with the language of kings because I've never. I guess that's true. Never been under one. Yeah, it also just translates so well for me that I don't feel the need to switch the language. Yeah, I worry so when I hear people say Jesus is president, and like you know, apologies to Shane, who wrote a book called Jesus, Jesus for, president. for President. Oh, interesting. But um, when I hear Jesus is my president, I kind of to me it feels kind of like a, a, a an apolitical assertion, which. Is like I don't want to talk about politics because Jesus mm-hmm. is my president. And yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't know how into that I am. Or like Jesus is my co-pilot. It kind of like even that's as I said me- that, I was that's like, meaningless. I, well, I have a funny story about that. Jesus is my co. What's your funny story? <laughs> so my we're just dad, going everywhere with this episode. Are, so whatever. My dad is night blind, uh-huh. right? And we were driving at night one time, and mm-hmm. he started like veering off the road. And you know how the, the road has those, like, sound things or whatever? Mm-hmm. And we were like, Dad, you're leaning. <laughs> and he goes, well, Jesus is my co-pilot. And my mom said, uh, no. Like, that just, <laughs> she was like, that does not make me feel any better whatsoever. You're still the pilot. You're though. still the pilot. <laughs> Your hands are on the wheel. So get it together. We were cracking Jesus, up. don't take that wheel, Lord. Don't, Jesus, don't take the wheel. We do not want you to take the wheel right now. Uh-huh. 
So uh, whenever I hear that, I think of my dad. <laughs> okay, so so Jesus is king is is fundamentally different than Jesus is president. I guess it isn't. I think it all feels corny to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Well, I guess the question is, like Beth, you're you're saying you're making the very the reasonable assertion, the true assertion that saying Jesus is king or Jesus is his lord was a political act in the first century mm-hmm. that was that was like poking the Roman Empire in the face. Mm-hmm. Yes. It uh, subverts the power structure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I feel like saying, well, like, I guess the question that we have is, like, that we would have is, what kind of, what kind of statement would similarly make people perk up? What kind of statement would similarly make people pay attention to the idea that that Jesus, who sided with the oppressed and was murdered by the oppressor, like what 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 can we say to make people pay attention to that? I think, mm-hmm. and I feel like Jesus is president is maybe a little too tame for that. It for, is to make that. You know, that's how I feel. It's like it, it feels yeah. a little tame, but I don't know what the equivalent would be. I um, actually think the equivalent is multiple statements. I think. Mm-hmm. Jesus believes that black lives matter is Mm. that same sort of thing today. Mm -hmm. Or Jesus believes that no human being is illegal is kind of that same statement today. So I think it would be adding Jesus to a lot of statements like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those Mm -hmm. are great. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you guys are listening to this and you've got an idea for something that is equivalently revolutionary to the 21st century, yeah, as, as Jesus is king was to the first century, let us know. It's a mm-hmm. interesting kind of experiment in poetry. Yeah. Uh, so we do like to, speaking of wanting to hear from people, we do like to l- hear what folks are writing in about and talking about in a section that we like to call Speak Up. Um, <laughs> we need like, we do need like a soundboard. Oh, wow. Or we could just use Chris. Chris does yeah. it pretty good. Those Speak uh, not sold on that, but we can we can workshop it. We can keep it going. Um, okay. <laughs> interesting. You're making interesting some interesting choices, Chris. We'll we'll uh, decide on one. We'll decide on one. Andrew's yeah, let us know what you out. prefer. If you guys have a preference, write in and let us know which one of Chris's noises. <laughs> You want? I have more. I have more. Can I? Sh- can I? Can I? Keep no. We're, we're, let's move on here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm putting my. I'm putting my foot down on this. Andrew never lets us have fun. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Um, so this letter comes to us from a listener. They say, "Hello, color correction folks. I am really interested in getting, in possibly getting your opinion on something." It may seem small in the wake of all the huge and heavy-hitting topics the world has been dishing out recently, but I figured it may be nice for you to take a breather from the hellscape of 2020 events and talk about kids' books. I have a son that is turning two, that is two, turning three at the end of January. We recently got a bunch of kids' books through exchanges between the parents in the neighborhood and hand-me-downs from relatives, etc. One book we got was Tiki Tiki Tembo by Arlene Mosel. When I saw it, I vaguely remembered it as a book read to me when I was a kid, but I did not remember most of its content. It is a pretty old book, probably originally published in 1968 and seems to be fairly well-liked and an old favorite of parents and schools, 
but after going through it, I couldn't help but feel like there are some pretty racially insensitive aspects to the story. It does not seem like the original intent of the author was to be a racist or was to be racist or offensive. But after 50 years of hindsight, I just do not think this book has aged well and may pass on some racist stereotypes. Um, not sure if any all of you are familiar with the book specifically, but if you are, I would love to hear your take on it. More so than that, I'm interested in your thoughts on the bigger picture of how to be racially sensitive in general when choosing what kids' stories and media to expose children to. Um, thank you so much. Keep on doing what you do. So, I'm totally not familiar with that book. Yeah, I I'm I vaguely am aware of it. It's like a kids' book that basically like it's like a kind of a fable story about how about why Chinese names are so short. What? Yeah, it it it's not it it is racially insensitive. I think there's no getting around that. Um It's like I feel like the equivalent for black people would be like la la Lakeisha about why black people put LA in front of their names. Like right. no one would do that. That's crazy. Yeah. It or is. or like we'd mostly be on the same page about why that sucked. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, I can say that like for that book specifically, it is it it is not it, it there is probably some racial insensitivity going on. Also because for Asians, like dealing with the fact that white people can't say our our actual names mm-hmm. or our last names or we have to pick white names to accommodate whiteness is like names are a big thing for Asians mm-hmm. and and for all kinds of immigrants, you know, Asians, South Asians, uh, Latinx folks. Like the, the fact that the, the, the fact of white people struggling with our names is kind of a sore spot. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that any kind of fiction that turns on your on like oh asian names are weird yeah probably not, not great idea. yeah um but i mean the, the listener does bring up some in, some other points none of us have kids but no. like what do you guys in terms of but we but we all have at least have have nieces and nephews and friends with mm-hmm. kids so and this is a question that comes up a bunch for parents like how do i best expose my kid to uh diverse media because the truth is like in this country if you don't try to do that your kids are just going to grow up with like pictures of white people or at Mm -hmm. best talking animals i think there are some really fantastic books that black people have written lately yes like um um anti-racist baby by ibram x kendi and i just found out this week that the young goddess um blue ivy carter narrated um hair love i think what's the book oh that, yeah they i think it's hair love that was a book yeah wait it does that have anything to do with the animated short yeah it, it is it the does. animated short oh yeah. really so yeah. i think they turned the animated short into a book oh yeah. and then they took the book and blue ivy carter has narrated that right so there's a lot of good uh media out there i think as we would probably encourage anybody including parents to do mm-hmm. is you know spend the time to think about how these things come across to your very impressionable kid mm-hmm. uh the other thing i would say is that like make sure that they're not only getting one type of representation for the thing for instance if the only thing if the, if our listener 
if their kid, if the only exposure to Asians or Asian culture that they're going to get is this book about how Asians have weird names, what's going to happen is that they're going to go into first grade, see an Asian kid and make fun of their name because mm-hmm. that's the only point of reference they have. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah. that's how racism perpetuates. It doesn't matter how like, how the intent of that book or or how innocuous it is. Oh, it's just a fable about names. Mm-hmm. Like if that's their only point of reference, it's going to turn into something that's not great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can I put in a plug here? Yes. Sure. Um, my friend is um, excellent in this in this field of, of represent, representation in children's books, and she runs a story hour once a month. Um, you should follow her on Instagram. Um, her her name is Vanessa Little, and you can find her on Instagram at Little Miss Story Hour, L I L M I S Story Hour. Um, <clears throat> her posts are full of her her, her posts are full of books um, of different uh, like all kinds of varieties. But like she she makes a point of like finding good representational material. Um, so if like if you have kids and you're looking for resources that don't suck, um, start with her, Little Miss Story Hour. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Love that. So to talk about the election issues today, we thought it might be interesting to listen together to some conversations that we had with our family members. As I said, Chris, you talked to your cousin, uh, so I do want to go into that. But do you want? Is there anything you want us to be aware of before we jump into that? Yeah, um, this is my cousin Joe. Um, Joe is is twenty five. Um, so I was sixteen when when Joe was born. Um, I, I I'm older than most of my cousins um, by by ten to twelve years. Um, I know for but, a fact there are people out there doing math right now and figuring out how old you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm forty one. Math done. Um, in any case, um, <laughs> in any case. No, um, I, I, um, actually, I lived across the street from Joe for a couple of years. So we like lived on the same block when he was in elementary school, um, and I was in my early twenties. Um, I took my, I took my cousins ice skating almost every weekend over that over that course of a couple of years. So like, there's a portion of Joe's life that I was really in there for. One of my favorite Joe stories is Joe actually called me at the start of high school. Um, he, he wanted to, he wanted to talk about like how, how to talk to girls. That's right. I'm telling this story on our podcast, which I like, which I thought was like, so funny, so sweet. And also like, I'm thinking about me, even as an adult, I'm like, there's a lot, like, I'm terrible at this, but I'm so flattered Uh that my cousin thought of me. So like (laughs) our, our relationship is like, it's, it's really special to me, um, I don't talk to Joe as often as I'd like to, um, but I really do like talking to him when when we do get a chance to connect. Um, and I do have to say, like in the in the last couple of conversations we've had, I mean, like I'm really starting to pick up with him as like a full grown adult. Like I am doing that thing in my conversations where like I have a hard time just like when I'm uncomfortable with the things he's talking about, picturing him as a kid again, like. Mm. But I, I bet like, he loves that. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to, like, not do that out loud and fight it in my head. But, like, that's a thing I do now because I'm old. Okay. Um, in any case, 
I'm I'm picking up with him as an adult is like the is the short way to put that. So like I'm in the conversation you're going to hear today. I learn a lot about how my cousin Joe thinks. Okay. Like it's new to me too. Cool. At the time this is being recorded, um, it is the Friday following Tuesday's election. The year is 2020. The date is November 6th, and we're still waiting for the election results. Let's start off with this. Joe, tell us how we know each other. Okay. Uh, I know uh, Chris Eden here because he's my cousin on my mother's side of the family, uh, Bloodline. Yeah. So we are family. Yeah. We're actual cousins. So we're white. And we're cousins. So myth dispelled, Bethany Stewart. White people have cousins. <laughs> Joe has no idea what I'm talking about, but we'll, uh, we'll come back to that on a different episode. Um, <laughs> Joe is 25. So we kind of grew up together, but I think it would be fair to say that Joe grew up with me. Yeah, I saw you a lot as a kid <laughs> uh, from, from around the time when I was four or five years old onwards into very early teenagehood when you moved out to Philly. Yeah. So how did you vote this year? Like what did you go to the polls, mail in a ballot? What did you do? Uh, I went to the polls. I went to my local uh, citizen uh, center and voted in person. Uh, they had uh, specific ballots. They were about like two feet long with all the different propositions and points to vote on uh, for president, uh, Congress for Colorado and everything on a, uh, the city level where I live. Okay. All right. So you, so you voted prior to the election. Why? Uh, well, I voted on Thursday before the election. I just decided to get it out of uh, the way because closer to the election, the more people, the longer wait times. I just wanted to get it done early. Mm. had the free time to go do it. So my roommate and I went down and voted. Nice. It was easy, super quick. Nice. Is this your first presidential election? Uh, no, it'd be the second one. I voted back in 2016, which was my first. So you under the belt. Hey, good start. Yeah, who did you vote for? I voted for the standing or sitting president, uh, Donald John Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he stands and sits. So, you know, He's fully posable. <laughs> he might even do the work when he dances. I don't know. <laughs> I voted for our fully posable current president. There we go. He can move. Good, good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit more about why you voted for him. Uh, well, the main reasons why I voted for Trump would be uh, the things she's done with uh, the VA working with veterans. I've seen a lot less uh, homeless veteran people in Colorado Springs. Along my uh, research, I also discovered about his executive orders back in August uh, to bring uh, epinephrine and insulin at the absolute lowest cost price available in certain areas or uh, free for the majority of the country for those that absolutely need it. I have a friend who has diabetes and he's facing homelessness. And if he, for whatever reason, can't get it, he's done for it. Mm. So that was a really good thing. Those are some good reasons for why I voted for Donald John Trump. What about, what about any one of those issues? Do you feel like you have a personal stake in and why? A personal stake. Uh, mm. I'm going to start off with uh, the veterans. It's, it's kind of contradictory, but uh, I'm not pro-military really in any sense. I'm not a fan of that never have been. Most of the wars that are being fought, if not all of them, are just power grabs, which take the power away from the people in the country and wreck other cultures. It, 
uh, going to school, I've had many people and many of my friends that have gone to the Marines, the Air Force, uh, the Navy, the Army, uh, a part of the uh, military, you name it. I know somebody who's gone into that. Mm-hmm. And thinking about all the, all the people who served the country because they believe it was right to serve in that war, whether it was right or not, uh, it doesn't really matter because it's their own personal lives and the damage that they've experienced with PTSD or losing a limb and then not being able to get the coverage because the VA was so bad. I, it really sucks for them. And I saw in Colorado Springs under Donald John Trump, uh, a VA hospital just specifically for veterans uh, went up. And right around that time, the, the veteran homeless population started dropping here. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a personal stake in that one. As far as the drugs go with pharmaceuticals, uh, like I said before, uh, one of my best friends, uh, he's facing homelessness currently uh, because he has, uh, on top of schizophrenia and bipolar, he has type 1 diabetes and he goes through a lot of insulin. Uh, the problem he's facing is uh, he wants to, he has to stay on Medicaid. Because the price gap is crazy for him. If he loses his Medicaid, he can't afford the $400 a month it costs for him to get his specific form of insulin to treat his diabetes and to live. Uh, so getting a job to be able to work past that on top of his schizophrenia and bipolar is already extremely difficult. Yeah. And it would cut his entire funding. He wouldn't have much. And because of those situations, he's facing homelessness. Well, at least if he's homeless, he'd be able to get his uh, insulin for quite cheap or free. The, the, some of the main things for me, uh, when I got into researching President Trump, my thoughts initially were, well, why is he so hated? How could a president be so hated? I get he says stuff off the cuff. He's a wild, crazy man with what he says and such. But what what's going on? All I hear for this president is hate, hate, hate. And if somebody likes him, but I'm more for how a person actually acts, what they're doing for the country as president rather than what they say. And as far as I can tell, Donald Trump really does want the best for America and is trying to work in the world to uh, better sanction things and, and aggressive military action. And I love that. How would you feel if he lost? If he lost, I would be saddened, but it's not the biggest blow that would ever could ever happen in my life. He's not a personal friend or family member or anything else like that. I certainly do not like Biden. I never have liked Biden. I don't like to be negative as well. I don't like to slander people for things they have done. I apply the principle of uh, uh, detachment. So my feelings, thoughts and such are not me. And so goes for everybody else and such. So if Trump doesn't win, I mean, big whoop, I'm still going to continue going on about my life and such. It's not like I'm directly involved in political activism and have a stake super hard in it. Sure, taxes might rise and such, and I might lose more of my paycheck for whatever Biden plans to do. But other than that, I don't see a huge change happening directly in my life. And let's say that Biden is absolutely horrendous, or Trump is absolutely horrendous, whoever wins, and things go to hell in a handbasket very quick, I always have the option of leaving the country. I can go anywhere in the world. So it's not a huge thing to me. When I first texted you with this idea, you you said you had a lot to say about the election. I don't know if any of the questions I asked probed what you were thinking. Um, do you want to you want a chance to just say what you're thinking now? Uh, right now, uh, Attorney General William Barr is going uh, putting a move out for election fraud. That's moving forward. Uh, from what I've been hearing on the underground, we're expecting a lot of riots around the city. That's why the National Guard is out in a lot of places to uh, is quell it. Out in so, Colorado Springs? Uh, no. See, the thing about Colorado Springs, we're quite militarized and special. We have four military bases here. I'm not quite sure anybody would try to pull junk here. 
no matter what group, whether it be BLM, Antifa, KKK, shit, maybe Mossad agents. I don't know. But uh, I don't think they would do too much here that wouldn't go well here in Colorado Springs. Places that are less militarized, uh, quite possibly so. We've already seen violence and uh, rioting in many major cities across the United States well before the election, up to four months beforehand. Uh, I think back in May or June it started. But uh, as far as that goes uh, with Attorney uh, Barr, he's moving to bring it to the Supreme Court for election fraud. Uh, I have heard of a case uh, in Wisconsin where at uh, roughly 4 a.m. on uh, 4th of November, the morning after the election, uh, 100,000 mail-in ballots came in that were just for Joe Biden, not a single one for Trump. Whether that as claim can be uh, substantiated with other things to prove it is fact or not, I don't know. But I'm hearing a lot of talk about uh, election fraud and like it. It looks like Donald Trump is going to move uh, to do something with that against the Democrats, Biden, whoever it may be. Uh, it's true that with the uh, election fraud, that's uh, treason to the country. So there's it's, it comes with a heavy federal penalty. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not in control of any of this. I'm just getting information. And if it fits, it fits. We'll see. <laughs> okay. It's been a really good talk, man. Yeah. I love you, that. Okay, dude. I love you as well, Chris. Have the light. And may spirit and the oneness guide you. All right. Good night. <laughs> good night. Okay. So that was interesting. And it wasn't as outrageous as I expected it to be. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, it kind of sounds like your average white man who finds reasons to support Trump, but doesn't acknowledge how blatantly racist and um, violent he is. Um, I don't know. I after listening to that, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kind of depressed. <laughs> I'm just sad. There's there are so many things that aren't accurate that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Um, like the insulin thing. I was just wondering if 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 you would have insight into this executive order. I I pulled it up on a on a different tab, but I. I'm hoping maybe as a as a disability lawyer you know something about it. Yeah, it's it's not that straightforward. I mean, this executive order came out with the attempt to try to get insulin to be cheaper. But the truth is like there are, it's not as simple as like the president orders insulin to be lower. He issued an executive order that tried to incentivize insulin being cheaper, but for a lot of people it's just as expensive or it's more expensive. But also, like, fears about left-wing violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I think when you asked me, you, you typed in our chat, like, why did you go wide-eyed? <laughs> I saw it, yeah. And that's why. <laughs> because. <laughs> yeah. The amount of fear that exists, like, the idea of anybody being organized enough to go out to Colorado Springs and start shit is is a is just uh is a is a crazy fantasy mm-hmm. yeah and i was as i was listening to it what was going through my head is like 
by by airing this, am I just spreading? Am I just aiding misinformation? Mm-hmm. And I was honestly, I was thinking about the same thing when I was listening to my mom's mom the inner the talk that I have with my mom, which you guys will listen to. But we'll get yeah. to that in a little bit. I don't want I my mind to change about Lily. I know I'm having a hard time with this as well. Yeah. So, Chris, why don't you tell? I'm I'm mostly interested in your relationship with your cousin as opposed to doing some kind of fact check thing because we're we're not a this is not journalism. This is about relationships. So, what was going through your head when you were talking to your cousin? Um, the thing that was going through my head, this like, it's this thing that like when I it's the same thing that happens to me and I'm like scrolling through my Facebook feed. Um, anytime, and and some of this is probably like me needing to be better informed about the world in general, but like, I feel in these conversations that I'm, I'm living in a totally different world. Mm -hmm. Um, these are not the concerns I have or the people I'm surrounded by have. Um, and also, it, it seems like there are so many extra steps in order to keep up with that, with, with this sort of uh, um, a worldview mm-hmm. when the things the president says, when, um, I don't know, just like when things on their face seem to be so much simpler. Like, I don't know, like shithole countries, that's, that's pretty fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, I, I, it's not, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I'm mostly curious about like, this. You, how does it feel for you when you're like talking to your cousin and you're like, yeah, hearing him talk about this? Because I get that like the amount of effort that it would take to figure out where some of this is coming from, right? Like the the right. fear of BLM, for instance, is a completely yeah. alien thought. But I get if you exist in that world, BLM is like. Is 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 all, is shorthand for, uh, like radicals, some, like like some like, yeah like people that are gonna like blow up the government. I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. It 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 like it's so extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess yeah. my question is this: like, if you were to take this interview and you were like to, to to do like a Google, if you were to fact check all the claims, like insulin, Trump's records on veterans whatever whether the the violent tendency whether whether antifa and blm are are are, can be categorized as terrorist organizations or whatever would it help would it actually help i and i i don't think it would i don't think it would actually um i i like to argue um and i i have um I've actually just I've I've done some some damage to myself in these months mm-hmm. like arguing with people on Facebook where like we each have the facts. Um facts don't change people's hearts. Um at least not the way that we weaponize them against one another. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as I listen to this interview, the 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 things that like I really want to go back to Joe with um, is is more ex- an exploration of like why he thinks and feels this way. Um, it, it's like it's a much longer approach, sure. Um, because the arguments I've had so far, where like we're both right, are terrible and useless. And I I'd, I'd like to see 
the I'd arguments like you something... had where you both insist that you're right, you mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I am concerned about, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I am concerned about the worldview here. Like, it's dangerous. Yeah. So many people think this way that the, that there's a real danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really have any... I, I don't have a good way to wrap this up. I, I, I'm moved, Chris, by the fact that... I'm I'm so glad that you prefaced this by explaining your relationship to your yeah. cousin. <laughs> I, I think that's really I think that's I'm really too. sweet. I think that's really great and really loving. It does... It, I, I'm, I imagine that it is difficult um, to... I imagine that it's difficult <laughs> to have these kind of interactions with your family. I also imagine that it's incredibly frustrating. Like... Bethany's part of BLM. If Bethany were to be like, we're not going to blow up Colorado Springs, would yeah. he believe that? I don't yeah. know. Honestly, like, I don't even organize with BLM like that anymore because uh-huh. they were way too academic for me. Like, they like to sit and ponder stuff. Right. And I was like, can't we go out and rip something up? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, the, so th- that was that was interesting, Chris. Thanks for talking with your cousin. I know that was part of it. was there was a substantially longer interview that you cut cut down for us. Uh, I I was able to keep my conversation with my mom unedited uh, to a to a brisk ten minutes. Um, a brisk ten. Yeah, a brisk ten minutes, where she says a lot of stuff. Some of which I'm still trying to deal with. So you guys can help me with that. All right, cool. Hello? Mama, can you hear me? How do you hold table? Yeah, everything's okay. How are you doing? I don't what is a video camera? Yeah, video a webcam Yeah, you bought a webcam. Yes. Okay. Mom, I'm recording this, is that okay? I want to ask you about how you feel about the election. Okay. Are you at home? Yeah, Mama, home. Okay. This is for the podcast. <laughs> what? Mama, yeah, so you're saying that you you don't belong to any anyone and you think the important thing is what? I think it is important that she This time there are a lot of problems. What do you mean by that? Uh So there are problems with both political parties, is what you're saying. So who did you end up voting for? Who did you... Oh, you don't want to answer? No, I don't, because I found that, you know, both sides won't help you. So I wanted to keep to myself. Wow, okay. Can you tell me at least what were the things you were thinking about when you made your decision? Um, basically, you know, uh, my concern 
my concern is uh, for the future and for, you know, for um, for integrity, you know, mm-hmm. of USA and the people and uh, and and also, you know, um, the globalization actually. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by that? Oh, is that Senbei? Yeah, Senbei is is looking for his her toy. Okay. You said you, you're concerned about globalization. What does that mean? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, it, it will be a very, very uh, long discussion. And uh, I think, you know, it, it will be hard to kind of, because you didn't kind of give me time to prepare for this. Well, that's or... okay. I'm not trying to ask you about, like, your reasons. I just want to ask you how you feel, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I do worry a lot of things, you know, yeah. for example, um, uh, you could see that the, you know this uh, this time, um, you know um, what I could see is that uh, the rich is going to be richer. Okay, mm-hmm. the poor is going to be poorer in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah, and that is what I I have a very serious concern. And this problem, I think, you know, either Biden or Trump will not. We uh, solve it. You know, yeah. I don't see that they have that kind of determination, or they really, you know, would like to consider people's um, welfare. Okay, mm-hmm. basically, they only consider their own um, political gain. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that is uh, something worrying me. Yeah. How does that fit into how you? It's going to be bigger. Okay. And uh, the company mm-hmm. who is going to establish, you know, will be even better, more, okay. And then what I could see is that, you know, you, you know, I started my small business last year, okay. Okay. And I could see that in the future, okay. Um, the the whole situation for small business owner will be even worse. Okay. Why? Because okay. of coronavirus? It's not only that. It's after mm-hmm. all... You know, for example, Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Basically, you know, the 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 way they they do business actually is going to control. Mm-hmm. You know, control you basically. Yeah. I already I already feel it. Okay? Yeah. Okay. When I do business, you know, I have to go with the Facebook, and I, I spend a, a fortune, you know, to to pay for the 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 ads. Okay. Mm-hmm. On on um the Facebook and. Um, and 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 then you know you could see that they control behind the scene, you know uh, your stuff and how okay. you going to you know who you're going to reach and what you actually you know a, a lot of uh, basically that will be the future of the world. Doesn't uh-huh. matter who is the president. Okay. So the problem is that I don't see that any of them actually have a concern about all these people. About big tech, you mean? about people's welfare, about, you know, how these people want to live. Basically, basically... When you they, say these people, you mean people like you who are trying to run a small business? Yeah, or just average people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what I like about this conversation is that I really can't tell who you voted for. What is that? I really can't tell who you voted for. Okay, yeah, and I don't intend to tell anyone. All right. Okay. 
Uh, well, how do you feel right now in this time, in this, uh, you know, when Joe Biden won the election, but the, the president looks like he's trying to stop that from happening? Well, if he, if he, um, he is going to be the next president, I hope that, the, you know, uh, he will, he will have be more courageous to, um, fight for my homeland country, Taiwan. Okay, mm-hmm. I could see, you know, actually, you know, both, actually both are not, I, I would say that their, their characters are not what I could respect. Okay, both. Why is um, that? Why is that? The Trump, yeah. you already know that I... Yeah, <laughs> I but how about Biden? People, most people think he's an upstanding Biden, person. Okay, Biden, um, I, I knew quite too many of what he did before. And I don't want to kind of say yes here. Mean as a legislator? Yes. I mean as a, okay, yeah, as a politician, yeah, um, you mean? And, and the re- relationship he has with China, his son and he himself, actually. And uh, I had some uh-huh. insight, you know, uh, information long before. Okay. You know, actually 2011, I already... Why, why do you think it is that Taiwan, the president of Taiwan has congratulated Biden, but but China has not? Because China has some concerns, you know, I think it's, I think, you know, China is so afraid, it's, they are so afraid of, you know, uh, Trump who would do something crazy. And you know that Trump is very unexpected, right? Uh-huh. So I, I think that is the reason. And Taiwan is so afraid that if Biden is truly the next president, then, you know, uh, they will lose the favor, okay? Because Taiwan basically... Since 1949, the the Chiang Kai Shek occupied the Taiwan. Yeah, okay, we don't we don't have to go into all that the the history okay, of Taiwan so again. Okay, so you know you know my position, so I, I really yeah, you're very my, your Taiwan is very much uh, your yeah. concern. Yeah, because because I I know that the China you know is a very vicious country. I mean the the uh-huh. government. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not talking about people. I have so many dear friends there. Yeah. When the the last time I interviewed you for this podcast, we talked about your concerns for justice and racial justice in this country and exactly. how you felt like this country had lost its way. You, oh, do you not I think that, that the US, I believe that USA US still, you know, have a big part to play, but then in the in the past four years, um, you know, for Whatever reason, I'm not going to talk about it. You know, I feel this country lose some opportunities. You mm-hmm. know, for example, Syrian war. Okay, um, the the refugees, and you know that I've been very, very seriously trying to find ways to help the refugee children. Mm-hmm. You know, all those the children that yeah. uh, without um, education. So I assume you don't and, support uh, the Trumps. Does not accept any refugee from Syria, right. and I think that is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but be honest, I don't, I don't believe that Biden has big, uh, any care about those either. Okay, uh, Biden. Um, so both actually, I don't know what to say. I, I feel very sad because this election basically, I don't know, you know, um, why this great country could not find two more qualified candidates. Who are you know? Biden is basically a professional politician, okay. Okay. And um, and Trump actually is a businessman. I'm very crazy. Well, okay. okay. I mean, he's a yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks for talking with me. Do you want to tell people where they can find your business? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, <laughs> okay. I really, I am very proud of my uh, my my stuff because yeah. they are truly, honestly, you know, natural, natural. Um, wow, you're so good at this, Mom. Hmm. You're so good at plugging your products. Oh yeah, because I am very confident and I, I enjoy. I have a great passion about what I do, and okay. also. I really need this one to become successful to support. Mm-hmm. You know what I have been doing. I've spent you know fortune, but <laughs> yeah. Well, where where <laughs> can people buy your stuff? Huh? Where can people buy your um, products? On my website. Where's that? Lord, L O R D N N S Alphabet N Lily M I L Y dot com. Lord and Lily dot com. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mom. Me? All right. Love you. Okay. Love you. All right. Okay. Bye. Take care of me. Take good okay. care of yourself. Okay. okay. Don't get sick. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> I'm done too. Lily Yang. I have no idea who that woman voted for. I know, no, right? So. <laughs> Part of me wonders if she voted third party and she feels uh-huh. kind of embarrassed by it. Right. Yeah. Or maybe just didn't fill out a name for president or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I wondered yeah. at one point if she didn't vote at all. I went in thinking that she, I was going to know who my mom voted for. And when she said, like, I'm not going to tell you, I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'm like, we'll talk a little bit. I'll figure it out. She but at the end of it, I should talking you. Yeah. I, have no, just, I still have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. Lily Yang makes good points. <laughs> Absolutely, she did. Like, yeah. I wish that we had found two way more qualified candidates. Oh my God! Than the ones yes. That we had. Yeah, like this is the best you can come up with. <laughs> also, like at the beginning when she was speaking Taiwanese. Oh yeah. I was like, yo, why aren't I able to understand her? Like, oh, Bethany, you're such a fucking American. Like, just because Uh she has an accent, you feel like you can't understand what she's saying. I was Uh so relieved when you said she was speaking a different language. Yeah. Because I just thought that I I was the worst. I should have given you a heads up about that. So, yeah. So, like a lot of immigrant families, like, she's speaking Taiwanese. And I am I knew we were on the phone. So, I'm, like, kind of half responding, half translating in English. Because I knew it was going to be on air. So... But yeah, like, but that's like a normal conversation between me and my mom. She's, you know, speaking Taiwanese. Uh, but yeah, like, her... there's a lot of there's a lot of worry mm-hmm. in her um, in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, she's worried about a lot of really specific issues. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like worried about her own. She started making skincare products last year. That's oh, like her nice. latest thing. That's what that's the website she was she was she was plugging. I thought it was hilarious that she started like plugging her product in the middle of our call, so I just kind of leaned into it. Uh, so it's all natural. Mm-hmm. So yeah, her I, the, the, there is one thing that I was kind of that I feel kind of n- nervous about. I think I didn't know what she was talking about at all for a little bit when she was talking about Biden and his son's connection to China. But I did some digging and there is a discredited right wing conspiracy that's related to like Hunter Biden and Ukraine. And but then there's like a fake dossier that has to do with China. So I, I, so that kind of, yeah. So that's that that connected to China too. 
Yeah, so that's what she was referring to. And that part kind of scares me because I think to myself, like, where is she getting this? Like, who is, what news sources or what friends are, are feeding her this information? Because again, like you, Chris, like this this weird thing comes out of nowhere. And unless you have the context to understand where it's coming from, and I, like yeah. I had to do research for it, and it didn't take me long to figure out like, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. Like this is a this is not a thing that's true, but it's a thing that's popular among yes. certain circles. Um, like it didn't like, and it, it did, and it does make me worry. Like, who is my mom listening to? Where is this coming from? Is this going? To, is this like? Is this a, the beginning of like some bigger rift? Because I've heard that like other people talk about that. Like their family member dipped a toe into Fox News, and before long, they're like a different person. You know. So like, I have those concerns because my relationship with my dad is kind of shaky for those reasons. Um. Is but your dad like, a conservative? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, like speaking of like my parents and their conservativeness, it's like my mom is expressing a lot of things that a lot of Taiwanese immigrants uh, express, which is like they want the candidate that's tough on China because China is the bad guy. And that's similar for a lot of like a lot of immigrants of different kinds, like Vietnamese immigrants often support the Republican Party because they also like are very opposed to communism because mm-hmm. they lost their country to it or Cubans, for instance. Right. Right. Like Cubans won Florida. And why? Because they want the party that's tough on, you know, on the communist government of Cuba. Right. Um, so, I mean, it goes to show that like immigrants don't vote in a monolith. They, we like we have these concerns that are very like idiosyncratic. Like my mom really cares about what happens to like her home country of Taiwan. And Syria, which. Yeah. So my mom has always been like has always been involved in different like refugee rights uh, refugee sort of things uh groups and charities um was your mom a refugee from taiwan i mean technically no because they came to america for economic opportunity but right. to but they were also kind of escaping political persecution so That's maybe in a sense yeah i mean yeah. they didn't they didn't get refugee status but one of their reasons was definitely to like find a place where they weren't living under martial law so totally like you could make that argument yeah that's the sense that i got from her bringing up syria is that Mm -hmm. she kind of identified with that like refugee experience yeah and yeah that makes a hundred percent sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your mom also might have known she was going to plug her product and she don't want no white racist not ordering natural (laughs) skincare maybe that's right yeah she's just she's just being smart equal opportunity yeah Mm -hmm. uh i am curious about i did email her and about some of the stuff i found about that conspiracy theory and and was like what do you think about this if it's not true and also i am curious about what happens if um, in the Biden administration, how they how they do treat refugees, because I would imagine that that a Biden administration will be much more friendly to refugees than a Trump administration. I do understand that, for instance, uh, Obama did deport a lot of people. Right. So that it's not a given, you know, but um, I don't know. I'm just curious about how kind of changeable her mind is. I'll, I, I'll let you guys know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. But I think cool. like the um the the like thematically the thing that I'm I'm picking up on is fear, is worry. Mhm. Mhm. Um 
this has been a fear-filled election cycle. But yeah. a lot of really scary things are happening. You know what I no mean? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to minimize that. I just like Right. It's it is of note that that's that's like something I feel like I heard in both these interviews. And something right. I personally have felt. It's not just like those crazy Republicans. Like I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, I felt very fearful when I saw how many people voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, and then there was that um, tweet that was going around where somebody was talking about surrounding Philadelphia. Yes. And I felt really afraid. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought about getting a gun. Sure. I don't plan on shooting anybody, but I definitely thought for a second, like, well, maybe I should get a gun. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. For sure. And that's and- totally not in my, like moral compass mm-hmm. yeah that only comes from a place of fear sorry well, yeah. i keep talking every time you start a sentence no i mean i relate to what you're saying because that tweet came out on thursday and that was one of the reasons that i wanted to legal observe at the convention center because we mm. were afraid that people would like show up to it at, and and do stuff but the truth is like there were only a handful of trump supporters there and then they just they just ghosted at six mm-hmm. they just disappeared they just vanished and I think the thing that it made me realize is that um, most people don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like those Trump supporters showed up and they were afraid and then they left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we, it, we were afraid that they were going to start something and then like we showed up and we were both afraid and not not to say that like there aren't crazy people out there because there are. But I think, by and large, most people aren't willing to put their lives on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, I think that's the case most of the time. Most and people th- are just trying to live. That's what I was about to say. I think everybody really just wants to live well. Mm-hmm. And we've spent the last four years having so much rhetoric about how like somebody else is trying to take life from us. And we're both responding to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's a particular style which is which has marked this presidency, which um, is a, a rhetorical style that 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 pits the speaker Trump against his enemies mm-hmm. every time he speaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never heard us talk about the left. I've never heard us talk about Democrats or the Democratic cities like this before. Right. Um, I don't necessarily feel bad for Trump supporters. I don't know. Maybe I do have some empathy for people who are really wrapped up in this idea that the only way that they can live well is if rights are taken from somebody else. Like to live in a world where I think people have to be denied in order for me to live and thrive. That's a really small and sad world. Right. Mm -hmm. Fuck them anyways, though. But I do want to have a little bit. (laughs) I do want to have a little bit of Christian empathy that, like, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on the sadness. Mm-hmm. That is the, the main thing that I feel. Um, and, you know, like, unlike unlike your mom, I don't have a, I don't have a, a rooted basis for that sort of fear and worry. Um, where I think, um, I think, like, some people's lived experience informs that, um in real ways. Like I, mm-hmm. I've only lived under this government and like my family has not been 
um, so pressed and oppressed that they left. That is a right. very different experience. <laughs> There's not. I don't really have a conclusion, but this was a lot. Of, this was really interesting. It mm-hmm. was. It was Greta. I can't wait to hear you. Yeah, hopefully we can get one. Bring us life. She's feeling okay tomorrow. Okay. Great. So the last thing that we like to do is talk about whatever we're into this week. Uh, Beth, you want to kick us off? Yep. So I am very into learning the guitar. A good friend of ours, Ben, gave me a guitar. And I have been practicing for about two months now. Um, And the song that I have been practicing is Dolly Parton's Jolene. Yes. I love that song. That opening lick is so good. That one. Um, did you just play it on your guitar, Beth? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is really hard to play the guitar, though. I don't know if you guys, if anybody out there knows that, but it's really hard. You have to move <laughs> your fingers in certain forms very quickly. <laughs> wow. I had no idea that it was that hard. Beth describing how to do things is, should be its own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm tuning in. Um, that's what I'm into. Beth explaining things. Send us, send us things, and I will do my own interpretation of how to do it for the Christmas holidays. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm into: playing the guitar and Dolly Parton's Jolene. Nice. Cool. I am into Star Trek Discovery season three. Mm. It is incredible it is really um first of all it is beautiful like it is so um it's so well shot and and lit it looks like a like it just feels like a movie every week um and it's just like oh it it's so heart-wrenching and beautiful um and the future and aliens i don't know it's all i love it i'm i'm so mm-hmm. i'm so happy for this with this series it's been yeah. good every every series every yeah. season and, and the latest season is great i agree yeah the first episode was so good so epic mm-hmm. uh yeah i am um what i'm into is the all right. So when they initially, when I was at the demonstration on Thursday outside the convention center, it was like, it was, you know, it was just, you know, there was music, there was dancing. And then people just started going nuts. Mm-hmm. Like people started like yelling, like, and screaming in a good way. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, dancing post boxes and a dude dressed as city hall and a dude dressed as the white house Amazing. just start like shimmying through the crowd and everybody's just going nuts um, I didn't. I, I, I apparently these belong to a nonprofit called Spiral Q. Yep. Yep. Um, which um, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Um, Spiral Q is a puppet troupe in Philly that does just street performance, and I guess like they had these, they made these amazing costumes and just yes. showed up for this thing, and they made the national news. Like everywhere you go you see the dancing post boxes of of philly like grooving to missy elliott it's just amazing and it's just the greatest representation of our city so mm-hmm. i'm super into spiral q especially uh the dancing post boxes um were you there for any of the drum lines oh the drum lines were great yeah in I the just... elmo the drumming yes elmo. yeah oh man also 
one more thing I'm into. Somebody in London made like a female version oh, of the Gritty. the Gritney one. Gritney. Oh, yeah. It's Gritney, bitch. Ooh. I love it. <laughs> it was good, yeah. Yeah, Gritney, that was a great costume. Mm-hmm. Um and and to and Philly Elmo in a tuxedo with the drum line. Yes. It was amazing. So, so many amazing things that came out of uh com- came out of the idea of Philadelphia in these past couple of weeks. All the goodness about Philly, like all the reasons why like as soon as I moved here at 22, I was like, oh, I'm staying. Mm-hmm. Kind of like came yeah. up again last week. Yeah, it yeah. was like I really fell in love with Philly. Yeah, it was pretty glorious. Yeah, I like oh. our response to that that tweet, Beth, was to come out and dance. Mm-hmm. And that's the revolutionary nature of joy yes. that we've mm-hmm. talked about so yes. many times. Like yes. we saw that last yes. week. In oh, I love this. We're bringing it yeah. around to a point. To it, we're yeah. bringing it around to a point. We've been talking this whole episode about how so much of, of people, so much of people's reactions is motivated by fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Philadelphia's reaction to that fear in this past yeah. two weeks is yeah. is the most Jesusy thing that could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, special thanks to Luke Bartolomeo, our communications director, and also to Jared Selby, who does our theme song. And now you guys can reach us on our website instead of me giving you the circle mobilizing email. So if you are interested in what we're doing, the newest episodes and getting in contact with us, you can go to colorcorrectionpodcast.com. So make sure you go to that website and hit us up and let us know what you're thinking about our episodes. Mm. Oh, stay black, Little Mermaid. Yes. Speaking of which, we need to we need to export some of our good blog posts over to the color correction website. Oh, and we do have a website now. We should mention that at the end. Um, Also, can we can we ask for an intern? There's there's so many things in every episode that we should just like. There's so much good post. Yeah, I think we can ask for an intern. If you are a media person out there that wants to support the work that maybe I'll do it in a more like radio voice. Hey. If you're out there. there and you're uh, you're looking for some some way to support the people that you're in community with, contact us and let us know if you'd like to be our intern. Is that a good radio voice? Is that as good? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> wow, uh, that was pretty good. That was a little. Um, I don't know if we're that kind of show, Beth. Did it sound erotic? Actually, <laughs> did it dive into eroticism. I'm just oh, saying. <laughs> Would you like to be our intern? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm that Chris's voice is like a bucket of cold water. I'm back. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> All right, so.